Uh, I'll pray and ask God to help us as we come to his word. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that you not only reveal to us the way to eternal life in your word, but also the way of wisdom for living in this life. Help us now as we think about the topic of friendship in Proverbs. Help me to expound your wisdom faithfully and apply it thoughtfully to your people. Help us all to heed your wisdom tonight so that we can be the kind of friends you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Friendship is a powerful force that evokes the strongest of emotions. Uh, This was wonderfully illustrated back in 2015 when two pro-surfing friends embraced after a near miss with a shark. If you missed it, the pro-surfer Mick Fanning was almost eaten by a shark uh, in an event final off the coast of South Africa. And in a kind of desperate attempt to save him, his friend and fellow competitor, Julian Wilson, swam towards him despite the danger. And in an interview following the incident, Julian Wilson kind of broke down in tears at the thought of almost losing his mate. When asked by one of the reporters whether the world title still meant anything to him at that point, Julian Wilson replied, no, not at all. I'm just happy that he's alive. I don't know about you, but I find that sort of friendship really compelling. I love stories of deep friendship. And that's why I'm a big fan of the movie Stand By Me, and more recently the Netflix series Stranger Things. Uh, They are stories that depict the power and the depth of friendship. Genuine friendship is a powerful force. And in the book of Proverbs, The power of a good friend even surpasses the family bond at times. And so in Proverbs 27, verse 10, don't abandon your friend or your father's friend. And don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. See, having even one good and genuine friend can make all the difference to our experience of life. And at the same time, the reverse is true, isn't it? Uh, A lack of a genuine friend or the betrayal of friendship can kind of just throw us into the depths of depression. Friendship is powerful and therefore we need to actually get it right in our lives. We need God's wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs, we find that wisdom. So what I'll do tonight is think about three questions concerning wisdom in friendship. What, who, and how? What makes a good friend? Who the wise should choose as friends, as close friends, and how Jesus gives us help and hope in the challenges and disappointments of our friendships. So let's think about the what of friendship. Uh, What makes a good friend, according to God in the Proverbs? See, if you and I are going to become good friends to others, we need to know what the fundamentals of friendship are. Well, the book of Proverbs has much to say about what makes a good friend, uh, but I think there are four general character traits that most of the verses on friendship fall into. Proverbs declares that a good friend is loyal, honest, careful, and trustworthy. So let's think about that first one. A good friend is loyal. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. 
Uh, I remember a number of years ago, I was assaulted by around six or seven drunk guys at Kingsbury Maccas just up the road. Um, I'd attempted to intervene in a situation. I'd paid the price. But it's not so much uh, copying a beating that stands out to me about that night, but the loyalty of my friend who was there with me. See, when everyone else in Maccas was kind of just watching with mouths wide open or slowly backing away, my friend came to my defense and was himself beaten up. He didn't run. He didn't watch. Rightly or wrongly, he stuck by me in my moment of need. And I just remember him walking around afterwards, dazed and with a black eye, and thinking, actually, there is a loyal friend. Now that I'm a little older, I would caution against getting involved in a situation like that. But I must say, I've always reflected on that moment with fondness, because that's where I saw the true character of my friend shine forth. Good friends are loyal friends. And of course, loyalty isn't simply seen in copying a beating, is it, for a mate? It's displayed in all sorts of ways through the thick and the thin of life. A loyal friend is present when someone's been dumped or has lost their job and is in tears. A loyal person sticks by their friend during long periods of depression when the the friend they used to laugh with isn't laughing at all anymore. Uh, They are present via email or Zoom when their close friend moves to a location far away. Loyal friends work hard to figure out how they will remain loyal uh, in uh, how they will remain loyal to a friend who is not experiencing the same life transition they are, whether it's full-time employment or marriage or kids or whatever. I don't know about you, but the biggest challenge to loyalty in my friendships is the barrier of long distance. Uh, Business overtakes me, and I just find that I simply don't get around to contacting my friends who have moved away anywhere near as much as I'd want to. But you see, if a friend loves at all times, I actually have to wrestle with that, don't I? Because loyal friends don't just concede defeat in the face of long distance or life transition difference or times of distress. They are committed to someone. Now, the friendship will look different when someone moves away or has children or develops a chronic condition, perhaps. There will have to be give and take in the face of new circumstances. But loyalty will lead a genuine friend to think about the best ways they can meet some of those challenges. Uh, One way someone encouraged me to demonstrate loyalty to my long-distance friendships was to capitalise on that otherwise dead time Uh, in those long car travels. Uh, My life might feel busy, uh, but I still have those moments in the car, for example, where I could turn off the radio and give my friend in the country or in another state a call. Good friends are loyal friends. But good friends are also honest. Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6, better an open reprimand than concealed love. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Honesty within friendship can be one of the hardest things to give and one of the hardest things to receive, particularly in Aussie culture where we often uh, relate through constant kind of affirmation and praise to one another. 
I remember getting a good dose of honesty from a genuine friend a number of years ago, living in a share house. Uh, at the time, we, there was a bit of a culture in our house where we'd just have people over regularly, we'd chat late at night on the couches, and uh, often um, this chatting would sort of go on and we'd all have our say, but my friend commented on part of what he noticed in those moments of chatting. And his remarks went something like this. Chris, you know, it's kind of good, isn't it, that we can have this culture of hanging out at our house where people feel that they can just come and chat and share their opinions, get encouraged. But I've just got to say there is just something that you do from time to time that I just feel is unhelpful. You see, often I've noticed after other people have kind of shared their opinions about some particular topic, uh, you have a bit of a habit of finishing the conversation, wrapping things up, by just declaring, well, the reality is, guys, X, Y, and Z. Now, Chris, you know, this might make people feel that you don't really value them or, or their opinions, or at worst, have just been waiting to deliver the final blow on a subject. Now, I actually wouldn't continue that if I were you. Now, maybe you've given that kind of awkward, honest rebuke, Maybe you've received some honesty like that. Now, why did I bother paying any attention to that honest kind of reprimand, rebuke from my friend? Well, it's because I knew he was a genuine friend that loved me and didn't want to see me continue to do unhelpful things. And that's the distinguishing feature of honesty within a genuine friendship, isn't it? It comes from a desire to love a friend and see them built up not torn down. Therefore, wounds from a genuine friend are trustworthy. Now, this doesn't mean that genuine friends look for any and every opportunity to be brutally honest about any minor failing. And sometimes we do need to think about whether our expectations of our friends are realistic. But it does mean that out of, uh, that out of love for your friends you will from time to time need to speak up. As the proverb says, it's an enemy who'll be content to see someone continue in their bad habits. Their kisses will be excessive. That is, they will constantly affirm you so you don't change. And thus Proverbs 28, 23 says that the one who rebukes a person will later find more favor than the one who flatters with his tongue. You see, constant flattery and affirmation where a loving rebuke is needed is only going to be destructive. A genuine friend will love you enough to be honest with you. See, we always have a choice when a significant issue comes up in our friendships. We can keep quiet about it, but that ultimately doesn't solve anything. Often it actually leads to a kind of silent bitterness and a slow decay of whatever friendship is kind of left. Or we can show loving honesty. Might be some initial pain, but you pray that your motives are right in speaking, that you're not just being petty, and you pray that your friend trusts you enough to hear what you're saying. Are you being honest with your friends? And are you allowing your friends to be honest with you? A good friend is honest. But third, a good friend is careful. Proverbs 25, verse 20. Singing songs to a troubled heart is like taking off clothes on a cold day. 
Or like pouring vinegar on soda. Two things that just don't go well, basically. Good friends read the situation and respond accordingly. Uh, Good friends are socially aware enough to know what to say and do, but also what not to say and do. A good example of this is in the initial actions of Job's three friends uh, in Job chapter 2. Some of you will know this story. Job had lost everything, family, property, even his own health at this point. And hearing what had happened to Job, his three friends set out to go and sympathize and comfort him. And in Job chapter 2 we read, When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. You see, Job's friends didn't get it all right as you read the rest of Job. They actually got it right in this moment. They read the moment for what it was and they responded accordingly. See, they didn't try and make Job happy again by singing him songs of joy, as the proverb says. They didn't pester him with all sorts of questions about how he was feeling, what he's going to do next. No, they actually rightly demonstrated genuine and appropriate anguish and then just simply sat with Job in quiet compassion. Genuine friends are careful in their friendships. They think about the words they say before they say them. See, a good friend isn't like, oh, I'm sorry that you failed your subject. But speaking of uni, it turns out I've actually just landed, you wouldn't believe it, the placement I've been hoping for. You know, behind every cloud, silver lining, I guess. Good friends are careful not to sing songs to a troubled heart. But Proverbs also teaches us that we need to be careful with our humour in friendships. That's what comes out as you read Proverbs on this topic. And this is a real issue in Aussie culture because, well, we love our sarcasm. We love our practical jokes. We love to tease in good fun. But that always doesn't always go that well, does it? Not always. Uh, Proverbs 26 verse 18 says, like a madman who throws flaming darts and deadly arrows, so is the person who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Uh, This verse makes me think of the Joker villain in the Batman series. A madman who's having a good laugh while actually hurting everyone in sight. So we don't want to be like that with thoughtless humor. I think there can be a place for banter among friends, uh, but I wonder how many of you have felt that deep hurt when your so-called friend makes a kind of jokey comment about your appearance or your character or a particular skill you lack, only to see that maybe the look on your face and be like, whoa, I was only joking. I wonder how many of you have been the butt of a humiliating practical joke by a so-called friend only for them to come back to you and say, You're all right, aren't you? I was only joking. Good friends are careful to act appropriately and they actually say no to thoughtless words and acts of humour. 
But a good friend is trustworthy. They keep confidences and they do what they say they'll do. And so they keep confidences. Proverbs 16, verse 28. A contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Uh, Close friendship is marked by vulnerability. Friends share their hopes, their fears, their dreams. You know this, their anxieties. And much of the deeper things that are shared between close friends is shared in confidence. And therefore, friends need to be able to trust each other with that. Friends keep confidences. But also, trustworthy friends do what they say they'll do. Proverbs 25, verse 14, the one one who boasts about a gift that does not exist is like clouds and wind, wind without rain. So just ask any father, farmer during a drought of the pain of looking up at promising clouds that just refuse to break forth into rain. Don't be a source of false hope for your friends. Don't be a sort of person who can't say no and then makes a commitment you can't keep. Good friends are trustworthy, and trustworthy friends keep their word. So if you say you're going to catch up with, for, a friend with a co- for a coffee with a friend, actually have the coffee. If you say you'll go visit someone in the next month, book that in in your calendar. And if you can't do either of those things, it's good to make that clear from the beginning. You see, if trust is broken through thoughtless gossip or broken promises, a friendship is or may be completely destroyed which is what Proverbs 18 tells us, an offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. And see, some of you will know the painful regret of breaking a friend's trust. The person who you once found warm and open to you now like that fortified city, walls up, guard up. Good friends are trustworthy and work hard not to lose that trust. The wisdom of Proverbs is clear about what makes a good friend, loyal, honest, careful, trustworthy. But Proverbs is also clear about who the wise should choose as close friends. Now, this is actually not something we think heaps about, actually. Uh, Often I think we give a lot of thought about who we could date or marry We have been giving a lot of thought about that, haven't we, over the last few weeks in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians? Uh, But often we don't give a lot of thought about who we'll enter into deep friendship with. But Proverbs is actually clear that wisdom in friendship will lead people to think about who they enter into that intimate and vulnerable friendship with. Proverbs 12 verse 26 A righteous person is careful in dealing with his neighbour, but the ways of the wicked lead them astray. And IV, a righteous man is cautious in friendship. Now, we should be clear what we're talking about here. We are talking about the intimate bond of close friendship, those we consider close friends. See, as Christians, Jesus calls us to love all, gossips and fools included, and in a sense we're called to be friendly to all. But not all will be, uh, will be or actually should be our close and intimate friend. 
those who, with whom we share a tight bond. Proverbs, or God, through the wisdom of Proverbs, is actually telling us to be cautious with that relationship. So let's think about who the wise should have as friends. God's word says the wise should seek out those who will build them up in wisdom and avoid those who will tear them down through foolishness. Proverbs 13, verse 20. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, Proverbs has already told us what a wise friend looks like. Remember, loyal, honest, careful, trustworthy. And so the wise will also seek out close friends who will encourage them to be wise, whose counsel is sound and trustworthy, not deceptive or just mere flattery. Proverbs 27. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-control. Or the ESV, the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. So you just remember, you can have a friend that might smell bad, but it's possible for that person to still be like perfume to your heart through their wise counsel. Just remember that. But what about those who will kind of tear us down and hurt us? People whose life and character are marked by a consistent, unhelpful behavior. Who does God in Proverbs tell us to actually avoid as having a close friend? Well, a few specific examples are given to us. The wise will avoid having a gossip as a friend. Proverbs 20 verse 19, the one who reveals a secret is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. See, if you don't want your trust destroyed and your personal life exposed to others, avoid the pain and don't have someone who consistently gossips as your close friend. Otherwise, we'll avoid having a short-tempered friend. Proverbs 22 verse 4, don't make friends with an angry person and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. See, whether it's anger or perhaps lack of self-control in other areas, the wise avoid having such people as close friends, perhaps knowing that they too may be ensnared by the bad habit and reap the consequences. The wise will avoid having a fool as a friend. Proverbs 14, stay away from the foolish person. You will gain no knowledge from his speech. See, if you're wanting to grow in the wisdom and the fear of the Lord, then don't have a fool as a close friend, someone who persistently mocks both God and his wisdom and who kind of leads you into all sorts of ungodly and unhelpful decisions. You see, it's not always comfortable and nice to think about who we shouldn't be friends with or close friends with, but we actually need to listen to the warnings God gives us in Proverbs. God is telling you to avoid the pain of being used or betrayed and hurt in friendship by heeding his wisdom. Again, we love all. We are called to be patient and kind, generous and hospitable to all. But God is saying, choose your close friends wisely. Now, it may be that some of you need context in which to discover and develop close friendships with people that will build you up. See, I remember when I was in high school, I struggled to find even one 
close friend uh, who I could trust and who I'd want to share my life with. So maybe it means all of us need to think intentionally about providing opportunities for one another to meet people and make friendships. Uh, Maybe it means going to group dinners after church or semi-regular social get-togethers. You might find it by investing more and more in one of our midweek growth group studies. Perhaps all of us actually need to work harder at pushing through some of the language or the cultural barriers and actually find the joy of a new friend in someone who seems outwardly different from us and yet we inwardly resonate with. Wise friends choose wisely, but also they make opportunities for good friendships to develop. Third, how Jesus helps in friendship. See, some of you may have listened to this talk tonight and thought, well, that's all well and good to talk about the ideal of friendship, but how do I deal with some of the real disappointments and griefs of friendship that are present in my life? And there may well be two camps of people who are here listening tonight or listening online. Those of you who recognize your failings as a good and wise friend, and those of you who just feel continually disappointed by your friends. And actually there's hope in both situations, and that hope comes from trusting your life to Jesus Christ, the one who is actually so much greater than any human friend could be. In fact, in Luke chapter 7, the religious rulers of Jesus' day label him the friend of sinners because of his willingness to associate with people whom they thought had no hope. But Jesus is actually more than just a kind of friend of sinners. He's our Lord and Savior, the Son of God who shows unfailing commitment and love to you by laying down his life for you at the cross. So if you think you've been an average friend, if you're disappointed in yourself, if you think you've been someone who sort of struggles to be loyal when things get hard or struggles to be honest when things need to be said, someone who falls into thoughtless comments or leaks like a sieve with other people's information, well, you need to remember that the Lord Jesus can actually change you. You don't have to be stuck in those habits. Jesus has loved you enough to die for your sin and make you a new creation. Jesus doesn't leave you to your own willpower to change but gives you the Holy Spirit to help you be that better friend as you ask for his help and seek to live in obedience to him. So if that's you, don't be downcast. Accept rebuke if you need to. Apologize to friends if you believe you have wronged them. And simply live now in obedience to Jesus, knowing that he has loved you, that he is gracious to you, and that he is changing you. But maybe you're someone who feels continually disappointed in your friends. Uh, Maybe you've shared yourself with people, hoping that they'll be there for the long haul, only to find out they're just a bit flaky or unreliable when circumstances change. Maybe you've 
put in just a lot of effort with one or two people, and you just feel like it's not being reciprocated. Maybe you've been offended by a hurtful comment or an experience of gossip. And I'm sorry if you've gone through that because it is awful. Uh, Unfortunately, it is a sad reality that in this sinful world, even the best human relationships will disappoint us or fail to meet some of our expectations. Even friendship, as good as it can be, can never actually ultimately satisfy our longing for love and commitment that is perfect, free of disappointment. But the gospel says that in Jesus Christ you have someone who is utterly committed to you, who will never leave you or forsake you, who gave up his own life so that you, a sinner, could become a child of God and inherit eternal life. And you see, Jesus teaches us to demonstrate the kind of love he shows to us, to our friends, even when they disappoint us. Jesus teaches us to show loving honesty, to be gracious and forgive and forgive with and to forgive our friends when they will from time to time disappoint us in what they say or what they do. And see, this is never easy, but actually Jesus is not telling us to do something he himself has not done. See, he knew what it was like for his closest friends to betray him in his hour of need. He knows disappointment, and yet he still extended the hand of grace to them. Jesus still extends the hand of grace to you and to me. Now, there may be some instances where friendships are somewhat irreparable, but not always. And actually, in every circumstance, we are called to be governed by Christ-like love in our interactions. And so Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, which we heard earlier, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. See, how do we be that good and gracious friend that God actually wants us to be? Well, knowing the love of the Lord Jesus, the love that he has for us, frees us up to be both a good and gracious friend. As we trust our lives to Jesus, listening to him, doing what, listening to him and doing what he says, which includes heeding the wisdom of Proverbs, we can actually start to become that good friend that Jesus wants us to be. Let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, please help us to live out the wisdom of Proverbs in our friendships. I turn our eyes towards Jesus so that we can do this. Help us to be transformed by him and his love for us so that we can be that good and gracious friend that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.